you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 10 and 11, I'm going to read uh, into your hearing. This is such a a very familiar uh, piece of scripture tonight, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit. I understand we really took a lot of time up front here tonight, and so I'll try not to be too long, but I want the Lord to do what he wants to do tonight. I want to tell you that if you're in the room tonight and you've never repented of your sins and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, tonight's your night. Do it tonight. Don't wait. Don't put off. Today's the day. Matter of fact, at any point that somebody wants to repent of their sins, just come on and we'll pray with you. You want to be baptized, notify us. We'll get you ready. And we'll baptize you in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse verse number 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host and command the people, saying, Prepare your your victuals. For within three days ye shall pass over this Jordan. You do understand that was a prophetic word. To go in and to possess the land. Now understand that land was promised a long time before. But Joshua said, Go ahead and get ready. Here's what I want you to do. All the officers of the people, the elders, you go ahead and pass through. Command them to prepare all of their belongings because in three days you're going to pass over Jordan and you're going to go and possess the land where the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. When God speaks, when there's a prophetic word comes forth, We need to be careful to put time limits on God. When the Lord said to Abraham, to you and to your seed, will all the nations of the earth be blessed? And he says, I'm going to give you the land. And he goes through all of these promises and he promises them a land. It's a promised land. They went through all sorts of hardship and struggle and spent time in Egypt generations died off. The entire group of people died off wandering in the wilderness. These people never heard the original prophecy. Here they are in the wilderness wandering around and here comes another prophet. They've heard about all the stories. They've heard about all the... Now here comes another prophet and he says get up and get ready. In three days revival's coming. 
And everybody says, woo! And they dance and shout and do all the things that we do. And then it's kind of like, well, he's gone. But when the Lord really speaks, he means what he says. And it's going to come to pass. By the help of the Lord, I want to talk to you for just a little while tonight about the journey to revival. The journey to revival. Lord, help us tonight. Open our hearts, our minds, inspire us, equip us. Get our minds poised in the direction that you may be able to do in this church what you want to do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. The journey to revival. God has a plan for every life. I completely believe that. And I believe God has a great plan for this church. And if, if I could just get some of you to help me tonight, just, just for a little bit. Um, how many of you believe God's got a plan for this church? How many of you believe that you were in God's plan for this church? You see yourself in that plan. There, there's the catch. I might have just preached the whole message right there. That might have been what I needed to say tonight. Because the issue is, is that God's got a great plan. But we've got to see ourselves in it. I want you to say this with me. God's got a plan. It's a great plan. And I am in it. But I would be remiss... To if I failed to say to you that every plan that God has always comes with a process. That's the part that we don't like to hear. You were amening about the plan, now you just went real quiet when I talked about the process. Because every plan has a process. And people like to put time constraints on what it is that God is wanting to do. Because time is important to us because we're limited to time. But God, to God, time, time kind of doesn't. He, I think I read somewhere that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. And so it's very unusual when God comes through and says, and if you read through the Old Testament, you're going to see several times, and even in the New Testament, where the Lord's going to say, through a prophetic voice, this is the time frame, this is when it's going to happen, this is how it's going to happen. And I, mean, I remember when he said, in the middle of famine, through the man of God, by this time tomorrow, Or he comes through and says, go out and tell all the people, gather up their belongings, prepare their family, load the wagons, hitch up the horses, because about this 
in, in about three days, we're going to cross over that Jordan. Jordan. Jordan's a swollen tide. We're going to cross over it, and we are going to possess the promised land. So there's, there's some process that's involved. The, the process of God happens in the time, and, and there's a lot of things that happens, and often during that time is when God is preparing us. During that process, God is preparing us for how He intends to use us in the long term. Am I going to be okay tonight? I may not scream and turn cartwheels tonight, all right? Is that all right? Can I just talk to you for a little bit? Because I want to prepare us because I believe that God is wanting to send us an incredible revival. And I'm, this is what I'm, I'm, I came to talk to you about. And I believe I'm in the will of God to talk to you about this. But we've got to understand when a prophetic word comes forth, a prophetic word comes forth, and I believe it is God's purpose, His plan, its will, it's what He wants to do. But we have to walk in that promise that God has given us or it'll never come to pass for us. It's like God wanting to bless somebody and a prophetic word comes forth and God wants to bless you financially and we call in the next day and quit our job. Well, what in the world are you doing? I'm waiting on that financial miracle that's going to come through. Well, keep on waiting because it probably isn't going to come to pass because the financial miracle may be a pay raise and, and some overtime. Am I okay with you tonight? I know you want me to call fire down out of heaven and, and see 14 angels that's going to come and deliver cash on a chariot to you, but that's not how it happens. During that process is often a time of testing and trials and even chastening for us because God is working on us. And we have to endure it as God is working on us because He's got a plan, but His process has got to be fulfilled before we can handle the plan. When God called me to ministry, he spoke some things into my spirit. And throughout my ministry, God has spoken some specific things. There's some things that God has spoken to me that I have never spoken to any of you. Some things that I know that God wants to do. And I'm scared, I'm, I'm deathly afraid of some of the things that I feel that God has spoken to me. And, and some of those things, I was real quick particularly in my early years of ministry, to say, hey, this is what God wants to do and when He wants to do it and how He wants to do it and we're ready for it and let's go do it tomorrow. And the Lord's like, whoa, Nellie. i got to put you through some processes because if I gave you all that stuff that you're wanting today, you wouldn't be able to handle it. You'd get caught up in your ego and in your pride And the Lord has taught me some, some real lessons through my life and through my ministry. Everybody wants the promise, but nobody wants to endure the process. And you can look at me up here on this platform tonight holding a microphone and wearing a suit, but what you missed was when I was in the ditch. 
you missed the first five years of my pastorate here. I have people that look at me and about pass out when I tell them the first five years of my pastorate here. I happen to have access to know this. The first five years of pastoring here, I didn't take income from the church and I was the largest tithe payer. I just rocked some of your worlds. So when you look up on this platform and say, wow, man, pastor's blessed. Look at what he's blessed with. I know what it is to sacrifice for the kingdom. Don't judge a man's blessings if you don't know what, where he's walked. But in time, through the process of time, God is blessed. But you don't, you don't know the trials, you don't know the hardships, you don't know the struggle. And I want to point out some things to you that I believe that God is calling this church to do on this journey toward revival and growth that he's wanting to send. I believe God sent me here tonight specifically to bring this word. And I don't know why I felt such incredible confidence yesterday in this. And as I was looking at it, I was like, oh God, I'd a whole lot rather preach something that when I got through, people said, wow, I got text messages about the message I preached this morning. Doubtful that's going to happen tonight. People were texting me today, complimenting, saying kind things. Oh, you just built me up, made me feel like a million bucks. And I, I, I actually, you know, yeah, wow, thank you for all that, that kind thing. Probably not going to happen tonight. But yet I, I walk in a confidence with what I'm bringing tonight because I believe it is God's will for me to come and tell you that some of the things that God has spoken to this church over the last few years, in particular over the last few weeks, regarding revival and where, what God wants to do in this church and for this church, was prophetic words that, that, that is coming. Now, it's up to us whether we want to receive it or reject it. Just because God wants to bless you doesn't mean it's going to come to pass unless you get in the process and get in line and say, I want to receive it. So God is calling us to prepare for the journey that lies ahead. And he's calling the church to become a living sacrifice. The sacrifices of the Old Testament. The sacrifices, there were horns on the altar. And I don't want to, I don't want to take too much time here because I promised you I, I, would, I would pay attention. And my goodness, I've already gone 15 minutes. There were horns on the altar and the sacrifice had to be tied to the altar so that it would not slip off or slide off. It was tied to the altar. But that wasn't just to keep it from sliding off because it was a word that was being spoken for you and I today. When it comes to sacrifice, sacrifice can be difficult, but the Lord is looking for you and I to no longer just look at sacrifice in a casual way, but for us to get on the altar of sacrifice and tie ourselves to the altar and let me get in the word a little bit. We are to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. He is looking for us to tie ourselves to the altar. And every day of our life is a sacrificial day because we're tied to this thing. Amen. 
We want the promise of revival, but do we want the process of revival? So God's looking for somebody to do more than just occasionally visit the altar. But he's wanting us to tie ourselves to the altar of sacrifice. Always before there's a fulfillment of the promise, there's the time of preparation and process. God promises rain, but it's up to us to dig the ditches for the rain to fill. I hope I, can, I hope I can make this clear to you. I hear the voice of the Lord calling CLC to prepare ourselves and prepare our belongings and prepare our family and prepare our schedules for what He wants to do because I heard the voice of the Lord speak on the very first morning, on that Sunday morning. I heard something. I was sitting right where Dylan is sitting. I was sitting there when Brother Greg Godwin walked to this pulpit. Some of you did not know this, but I have shared it only with a handful, two or three people that I've told what 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 the Lord did and, 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 and where I was personally. I'm going to be very transparent with you. I, 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 I walked into to the service that morning and I, I was hoping for a divine move of the Lord and I was hoping that some of you got blessed and some of you got renewed and some people were healed and people got the Holy Ghost. I was praying for you and I was praying for the city and I was praying for everything but I never prayed for me. So I got caught off guard when I walked in that morning and I was sitting there and some of you didn't know. Maybe some of you had, 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 had felt it. I had a couple of people say I'd sensed some things. I, I personally was at a point of, of, of unbelief within my own ability to be able to lead this church further and to lead this church into revival. And, and, and I was questioning God and I'm saying, God, what is it that you've got for the future? I had kind of reached a point of just uh, unsure. And, 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 and just to be honest with you, I'd reached a point that, that I wasn't sure that I had any fight left in me. I could say we're going north and I'd have emails and text messages and attitudes saying, why couldn't we go east and west and south? And the fight just kind of had caused me to become weary. But the Lord said, you're weary in well-doing. Don't become weary in well-doing. And I walked in on that Sunday morning and I was sitting there and I didn't, I wasn't sure that I had any fight left in me and I wasn't sure that I, I didn't have any direction and I didn't know what we're going to do. And Brother Godwin walked to the pulpit and began to preach and he wasn't 10 minutes into his message and he said, he just stopped and he said something along the lines of, I haven't spoke anything like this in the last seven years. And he said, but I just feel, and he turned and looked right straight at me. He said, I feel a 300 soul revival is about to come to this church I've heard prophetic words I've heard things that he I'm not sure he intended that to be a prophecy. He said, I feel that there is a 300-soul revival. I just sense it. I just kind of feel that a 300-soul revival is going to come to this church. And when he did, I cannot explain to you what happened to me as I was sitting on that pew. But right about then, there was something that kind of hit me like a lightning bolt. And I jumped to my feet. I stood up straight, pulled my shoulders back, and I said out loud standing right there, I'm up for the challenge and I'm ready to fight. 
If hell wants to fight, we're going to fight. We're going to have revival. I know there's going to be a process. I know there's going to be a price. I know there's going to be a lot that we're going to have to go through. But I'm up for the challenge. And I come tonight to ask you, how many people in this room walked in tonight? Not sure, but somehow the Spirit of the Lord has just spoke something into you that said, I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for the fight. We're going to see it. It's going to come to pass. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I sat back down. You can be seated. I sat back down. My Lord, I hope nobody takes this that I'm trying to be sensational in this message tonight. I had no clue that we were going to have a divine interruption like we just had in Israel. I sat back down and I stood up while he was preaching, being supportive. But I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I do not know much else what he said the rest of the sermon. Because the whole rest of the sermon, me and the Lord were having a talk. And I said, God, I don't know how to lead this church to a 300-soul revival. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what it takes. I stand before you tonight to tell you I do not have the answers. I, I don't have all the direction. I don't. I don't have all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed. But every time that I open the scripture, the Lord has been speaking. And I opened this text this past week. And the Lord just says, prepare. 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 Prepare, prepare, prepare. So I started scheduling meetings. I started challenging people. I started making phone calls. I started making connections. 
Because all I know, I don't understand everything about this process. And this 300 soul revival that Brother Godwin spoke about, I felt that it was from the Lord. And while I don't have the answers, I understand it's going to be a journey. And the Lord is just saying, prepare. Get ready. And so I'm calling the church to work. I'm calling the church to preparation. Wandering around Mount Seir was certainly not the preferred future of the Israelites. It's not what they had hoped for. Yet they were there and they were wondering and wondering. They had been there so long that they had become comfortable with being wonders. That wasn't God's plan. God had a purpose in mind. As a matter of fact, I do not believe that God intended for the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. It had to happen because of them. When Brother Godwin spoke, I thought I heard him say in the next two to three years, somebody come up and said, no, he said in the next two months. I was like, I'm not sure. I got in the car and said, Brother Godwin, what did you say? He said, I don't know. I just said I feel it. He said, I don't, I don't remember what I said. I, I, I'm not sure. So I went and pulled up the podcast. Thank God for a podcast. And I went and pulled up the podcast. And I, I listened back through. And sure enough, he said, I, I feel it coming in the next he said, I feel it coming in the next two months. And somebody came and said, I don't know what we're going to do, but in two months we're going to have 300 people that's going to come to the Lord. And I was kind of like, wait a second. So I called, I called Brother Godwin. I said, I need to talk to you. And I said, I need to know because I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And I felt that you were in the Holy Ghost. And he said, what did what, you, you hear? I said, I thought I heard the next three. I thought that you said three years, but I got back on and listened. You said the next two months. He said, I have no idea. He said, I just said what I felt. He said, I, I didn't intend to be prophesying. He said, but if you're feeling it and I felt it, if two or three agree, let's go after this thing. I said, tell me, Brother Godwin, I said, you've been down this road before, and I said, I'm just, you know, we're, I kind of poor boy it sometimes with some of my friends because I don't want them to think I'm high and lofty and lifted up, and so I have that false sense of humility thing, you know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You do it all the time. I said, well, tell me how to start. He said, what's wrong with that van parked out there? I said, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. We use it to go to youth rallies, and occasionally we get in and drive it, fix somebody up. He said, my God, man. He said, you ought to be running three bus routes with that van. Oh, I thought we were going to jump on our feet and 
we want the 300 soul revival, do we want the journey? He said, with as many young people as you have, he said, you need to go ahead and start getting things in gear, start getting teams together, start preparing them. He said, that's your forte. You know all of that. He said, you need to start getting ready. He said, as soon as that weather breaks, you need to start putting teams out every Saturday. They need to be knocking doors. They need to be reaching out. They need to be going out. He said, you ought to start having services outside of your church. I ought to just challenge you just to walk outside the door and look around this lit parking lot at the cars that God's blessed you with. They're bigger cars than what you need for your family. You know what we need to do? Everybody in this room that's got a seat left in their car ought to say in the next third, in the next 30 days, I'm going to start bringing the kid to church with me. I'm going to start bringing a neighbor to church with me and I'm going to have every seat in that car full every time I pull in. The, that's the biggest bus ministry we could possibly have. But you know what? We've got to stop saying, yeah, Let's shout over 300 souls and get involved in the journey. God's calling us. He's calling us to go and take some new territories. We've gone through multiple seasons in this church. And some of them, it's hard for me to know where we are in the middle of a season. I have to have somebody from outside comes in often. Often it's an evangelist or guest minister and they'll come in and say, you understand the season that your church is in. They come in, they, they see it right off the start. That's why I believe in the five-fold ministry. They come in, see it right off the start. And can I just put a little plug in and you don't need a plug put in. But I'm going to tell you, Brother Godwin, I told my wife this. He did more ministry in the car seat and at the restaurant than he even did in the pulpit because he was speaking faith to me. He was, he was speaking to some of our young men in the church. He was, he was investing the whole time he was here. We didn't goof off. He didn't, the whole time he was here just flowing out of it. He's just ministering, just ministering, just ministering, just ministering, just 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 talking to us. I believe that God is calling the church to possess some new territories and there's some ministries and as simple as it may seem. See, I understand. If I if I just said right quick how many how many would be prepared to be able to be on the platform to make a presentation or, or to stand in the pulpit and preach that oh I'd have all kind of hands of people ready. But 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 it's the the, the treasure is not on the platform. The treasure is in the field. Growth is not going to come from having great church on Sunday. That's a good thing to do. We need good church on Sunday. But growth is going to come when you go to the park and witness and invite families to come to church and we start hosting events. It draws them in. So I've got, I'm going I'm to hurry. I don't want to belabor my point tonight because the Lord is already inspiring us. But God is calling us to possess some new territories, and that means we're going to have to step through some doors that we haven't stepped through before. 
and, and I'm going I'm, to, I'm, I'm committed, I'm committed, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best, my best. God never calls us forward unless he has a destination in mind. And so therefore, God has a destination in mind. But right now, all the Lord has spoken to me is just prepare, prepare, prepare. And I started trying to make that into all sorts of things and also and start trying to see but the Lord just keeps saying, prepare, prepare, prepare. And so some of, some of us, when we start getting together and we start talking about some things, I want you to understand where we're coming from. We're in prepare mode right now. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The first thing is going to be prepare. The second thing that, that the Lord's going to say is he's going to say it's time to pass over the Jordan. We're going to prepare for some ministries and then we're going to launch them. We're going to prepare some events and then we're going to launch them. We're not going to stop being CLC. We don't do things off the cuff. Sister Brenda here, we don't do ugly. We're going to do it with the best of our ability. We're going to do it as unto the Lord. We're, going to, we're, going to, we're not going to cease to be who we are. We're going to strive for excellence, but we're not going to get caught in the trap of perfection. We're going to put our best foot forward. And everybody in this room that wants to be part of the journey is going to have to be willing to be a support to somebody else. Mm, I'm about to flow in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of the biggest, this isn't even in my notes, I'm completely off of my notes right now, but some of the biggest obstacles to revival are gifted and talented people that can only operate when they are in charge. When there are times that your greatest gift may be to be a support to somebody else. And as difficult, as difficult as it may be for me, those of you who work closely with me know that no comes very difficult for me. And some people have learned that and they take advantage of that. You can be seated. I'm going to preach a little bit more. People have learned that and they take advantage of that. And they catch me off guard and push me real quick for an answer. And it will always be a yes. I just have a hard time saying no. They've gone to Best Buy and bought no buttons and put them on my desk so I can just push the button and don't have to say it. Because it's hard for me. I'm e it's easier for me to say yes. I'm always afraid of disappointing people. And people come, man, I want to do so and so. And, and, but we're going to also, in the middle of this process, I'm going to have to learn to say no. And some of you are going to have to learn to accept no. Because where God wants to take us, we cannot invest in everything. If, you, if we accent everything, we accent nothing. And so we're going to have to focus on where are our best efforts and how do we best do what we're trying to do. We cannot do this with one, two, three, ten my small little group. We launch small groups with the slogan, better together, let's never lose it. You may be very intelligent, 
And you may get together with somebody that's very intelligent and feel like I don't need anyone else. But the truth of it is, is there is no one of us as smart as all of us. So when we get together and begin to work together, that's why the Bible gives the principle, one puts a thousand to flight, two ten thousand. What happens if we can get people focused? Now, since I'm off my notes, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I love what God is doing everywhere else and all around us and in all the churches around us. But I'm going to get back, and you're going to see a new side of pastor because I'm about to get real bold with this. There is nothing going on that is more important than what's going on in our home church. <laughs> nothing. This is where God plants us. This is where our focus needs to be. This is where we... Y'all don't want me to preach it like y'all don't want me to preach it like my daddy raised me. You're sick? All right, come on. You're gonna lay on the you're gonna lay on the couch in the office. We're going to church. Oh, they're not it's gonna affect you at school if you're not there on Wednesday. I guess we're gonna have to talk to that band director and let him know that you don't miss school on Wednesday. You don't miss church on Wednesday. And we're going to work something out and make sure you're going to pass, but this is where your focus is going to be. That's how I was raised. Well, I'm meddling. God's called us to possess some new territories. And it's going to step on some people's toes. Not everything's going to go your way. You're probably not going to like everything that happens. There's some folks, I'm going to tell you, before we even grew to where we are, I've had people come to me and they've said, well, you know, I liked the church so much better when we were smaller. I could have more one-on-one -on -one time with my pastor. I hope you make heaven. You're more worried about one-on-one -on -one time? You know what I told the team, the group we were up here, somebody was whining over me, not, never spending time with them. I said, come on to work day. We're building a church. Three years, you can spend 40 hours, 60 hours a week with me. I'm right here. Come on, you work right next to me. They didn't like me that well. Somebody really did come to me one time and said, we don't need more people in our church. More people means more problems. I wish somebody would have thought about that before you joined this church. There is nothing more important than the salvation of a soul. In everything we do, we've got to win this city. We have a responsibility. We have an obligation. We have a, 
this word that tells me I've got to go out to the highways and the byways and the hedges and compel them to come. We've got to be teaching Bible studies, reaching the lost, baptizing people in the name of the Lord, training up disciples, growing people, sending people into ministry. I don't have all the details. I'm, I'm going I'm to close. We don't have all the details. This journey that we're on, it's, it's a journey of faith. It's a road only traveled by the faithful. It's only passable with deep commitment. It's a challenging road. It's a road of faith and sacrifice. I don't know how long it's going to take. If God wants to send this church a 300-soul revival, He can do it in two months, two years, five years. I just want to do everything I can to know I'm not the preventing factor of what I felt God spoke through a preacher in this pulpit. I don't know when it's coming. I know this much. My mother prayed. She prayed for the salvation of my brother who was backslidden. For 10 years backslidden. And he'd gotten deep into sin. And my mother prayed. I would go to the house to visit. She would break down and weep. She wanted to see him saved so bad. And she died Praying for my brother. Three days before she passed, she was laying in the very back room. Maybe it was maybe maybe I've got my time mixed up. Maybe it was four or five days before she passed. She called for me, and I went to the back room where she was. And she called me over to the bed, and there was nobody there but me and her. And she said, I love you. And she talked to me for a minute. My mom and I had had our shared differences. We talked through a couple of those while we were standing there. She knew her time was near. And I recognized that. And we talked through those. And she said, I want you to pray for me. She said, I've got confidence in your prayer. I started praying for her. Started praying that God would heal her. She started praying. And after she prayed through the first minute, her prayer completely just switched. And she said, God, whatever it takes, I want you to save my son. She started praying for my lost brothers. She died Christmas morning. My brother, still lost, still not living for God. She died holding on to the faith. And it was quite some time after that before I received a phone call from his pastor now, 
said, Brother Philip. I said, Yes, sir. He said, This is Brother Lewis. I want to tell you that your brother prayed through the night. And I want you to know he got a case of it. She didn't live to see it. But she prayed. And God brought it to pass. I'm not putting any limitations on God. But that 300 soul revival, I'm believing. I may not, I may not live to see it. I pray that I do. I pray it's in the next two months. But if God wants two years or five years or whatever, we're going to prepare. We're going to get ready. We're going to do everything we can because it is what God has for our future. I don't know exactly how it's all going to unfold, but this much I know. If we die, we're going to die praying for it, and we're going to die preparing for it. And I'm waiting for the moment that God says, go ahead, it's time to pass over and to possess it. I'm going to fulfill it. Stand with me. Has God promised you some things personally? Because if God has spoken some things to you, I want to encourage you tonight to grab a hold of them and understand you're just in the journey. You're in the journey. But if God spoke it to you, if it was of the Lord, it's going to come to pass. Those lost children, they're going to be saved. Those lost loved ones, you're going to see them saved. It's going to come to pass. If God spoke it, God is not a man that he should lie. It will come to pass. If God spoke it, you can take it to the bank. If not, it is not of God. I'm telling you tonight that if God has put something in your spirit, if God has spoken a word to you tonight, you need to claim it in Jesus' name. You need to lay hold on it. I tell you what I'm laying hold on tonight. I'm laying hold on this revival that God has inspired me and rejuvenated me. I'm telling you Sunday before last when God spoke that into my spirit I haven't had another day uh, that I have felt the way I felt before. At that moment God rejuvenated something in my spirit and said get up from where you are get out from under the juniper tree get get, get back to work get back to the business of reaching the lost get back to where you belong. Come on. God spoke it into your spirit you need to get up from where you are and say let's go do it it's going to come to pass I'm going after it with everything I have your family can be saved your ministry can come can be fulfilled whatever it is that God has spoken to you you need to claim it tonight in Jesus name claim it in Jesus name
somebody break through in your prayer and in your worship right now. Let's connect in faith right now. We're going to walk out of here by faith. We're going to walk by faith, not by sight.
adults, we've got some young people that are willing to go for it. How many of you adults will get in here behind them, lay your hands on them, strengthen them, pray for them, that they'll become great soul winners, that there will be boldness. Don't leave them to do the work by themselves. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it flow, God. In the name of the Lord, let them rise to the occasion, God. Lord, pour it out on them. 